Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. <laughs> I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Guess what I did in my small trailer today? Yeah, and my mouth is so much happier <laughs> as a result. I made egg bites in our oven. Yeah. It's I actually a... wrote the notes mini light oven and I almost <laughs> said in my mini oven like it was an easy bake or something. Yeah. Well, one of the the many things we really appreciate about the Rockwood Mini Light that we have is it actually has a real usable oven, which is not typical for smaller RVs. Right. And we actually, well, Peggy actually uses <laughs> it. One of the nifty things about this new oven, as opposed to the one we had in the previous Rockwood Mini Light, this one doesn't require Peggy to be a contortionist <laughs> to light. I didn't have to stand on my head to light the pilot. It has an automatic lighter, so it's the same clicker that starts the stovetop. Yeah. And you put the oven dial on pilot and click the clicker and voila, you get fire. Yeah, it works pretty well. We're very happy. It's just another thing we really like about this trailer. Very so. much, yes. Something else we really like we have been using FMCA's mobile internet, which is called Tech Connect, and we have really been liking it. People always ask us how to get internet on the road, and you know, campground Wi-Fi is more promise than deliver, and you want to be safe and secure, and cell phone unlimited only goes for so long before you're <laughs> throttled. Yeah, well that's where the FMCA comes in to your rescue once again, this time with our Tech Connect package, which is for FMCA members. Tech Connect delivers truly unlimited internet with their partnership with T-Mobile using 3G and 4G unlimited plans. And it's another super great FMCA deal for only $49.99 a month, the month that you use it, plus a one-time equipment rental fee of just $39.99. Best of all, it's month to month, so use it when you're on the road and park it for just $13.99 a month when you're not. Yeah, upload your RV experiences, get unlimited video chat, browse safely, and just enjoy the internet on the road without worrying about lousy campground Wi-Fi that's more stressful than stressless. This is just another great reason to join FMCA. Along with local chapters, get-togethers, a huge learning library, plus terrific deals on tires and other ways to save on tech and so much more. And with our discount, you can join the FMCA and save $10 on your first year's membership. Just $79.99 when you go through our discounts and deals page on the Stressless Camping website. Get connected safely with us and the FMCA with FMCA's exclusive Tech Connect program and all the other reasons to be an FMCA member. Tech Connect is truly unlimited data, but your data speeds can be slowed in very high traffic conditions. However, there is no data cap on your monthly usage. Wow. wow. By the way, one of the questions that I've been asked on Tech Connect, it is a T-Mobile product. And truthfully, I was not expecting what we got, which is really great coverage. I am just really impressed with the 
number of places that T-Mobile just absolutely has come through. So if that is one of your questions, there's your answer. Well, today we have a really great guest about a really not so great topic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it turns into a great, so stick with us and we'll start talking about the bad stuff and then we'll come up with some solutions. Absolutely. We're super excited today to be able to talk to Tom Valley from Our Health Products and Relax Sauna Company. Tom, thank you so much for taking time to spend with us today. Thank you, Tony and Peggy, for having me. I'm very happy to be here. The reason that we have Tom here, it is tick season as we record this. Right. And you yes, sir. got bitten by a tick and got Lyme disease. That is correct, Tony. Yeah, 2016, I had a tick bite, and I was one of those people who was really unaware of what Lyme disease was, and I removed, you know, I didn't know the tick was there. I believe it may have been there for overnight in my back, but I removed the tick and felt like, you know, just getting everything out was enough. Mm -hmm. I was one of those people who really didn't catch it on time. And where were you wandering when, when that happened? Believe it or not, it was real close to home. It was out in the backyard here where I live. So just doing yard work is typically where a lot of people will get a tick bite. Just being anywhere where there's tall grass or woods, and we have that here on our property. So you don't even realize they're out there and they're very hard to see. And when they get on you, you don't feel it. Right. It wasn't like a flea bite where it's like, oh, duck on it. I just got bit. You weren't even aware that you got bitten by a tick. Correct. One of the things that they do is they numb the area of your skin before they bite you. So you don't necessarily feel the bite even happening. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they can be on you and fall off you with no sign. And, and people just don't really realize it because they're out for long periods of time, you know, in nature and they're not checking themselves. Right. So they can, they can attach and get what they want and then just leave and you don't even know you ever got bit. That is correct. Wow. Yeah, that can happen as well as sometimes there's no sign. Typically, how people do know is they'll get a bullseye rash. So that's a telltale sign that you've been bitten by something. And then if you're aware of what, you know, ticks are and what they do, they leave that type of rash. So that's a sign for a doctor or somebody who's aware. Okay. But a lot of people don't get that rash. So they, they just start getting symptoms and they can't really figure out what's going on. Wow. So describe sort of how the symptoms manifested and, and, and what happened ultimately. Ultimately, it was weight loss was one of my first symptoms. And I had gone in for a routine checkup and my doctor was concerned because I had lost weight. And I said, well, I'm, I, I lose weight. It's summertime. You know, you fluctuate. But it was, it was more than usual weight loss, and I continued to lose the weight. So that was a sign that there was something wrong, and they wanted to try and do some more testing and things like that. But people do get tested for Lyme disease, and the test doesn't always come back positive. Oh. There's false negatives involved, so people will still continue looking for answers and think, well, I don't have Lyme disease. Wow. You know, Before we go too far away from the, the tick, is it a seasonal thing? Is it only something that's going to happen in the summer or in spring? or? It, it actually is spring and summer, but they can go clear into October and have been found even living in, you know, uh, colder climates. So. Okay. 
Typically, it's it's the spring, summer. May is Lyme Disease Awareness Month, May. And then into June and July is really when they start to become more. For kind of two reasons. Maybe the ticks aren't as active and we're not as apt to be outside traipsing around in the woods. <laughs> That's very true. Those are two very true reasons. But getting back to the actual symptoms, you know, it can start out with something as simple as fatigue, headache, achy joints like arthritis and in your larger joints. So a lot of people may think they have the flu to start out, you know, and, it, and it's just something that continues and, and the pain will radiate and move around the body. And so it's very difficult to diagnose. And then it can get significantly worse as well. Correct. Yeah. If not caught right away, it can turn into what they call chronic Lyme disease. And a lot of people are unaware that Lyme disease also, when you get bit by a tick, you also get co-infections. So there's more than just Lyme disease that ticks carry. So you might get Babesia or Bartonella or Ricochetta, spotted fever. These are all things that some ticks may be carrying. And when, when they actually bite you, they insert this bacteria into your body. And at that point, yeah, it starts spreading. It can even cross the blood-brain barrier. Oh, wow, wow, that's no good. Mm -mm. And so from our last conversation, I think I remember it affected you pretty heavily. Yeah, I, I had a, a case where it was neurological. And so some people may just have low symptoms. I think depending on your immune system, it affects people differently. You know, they could get bit by the same tick and one guy would get really sick and the other person may not. Mm. So my personal experience, I think I was already exposed. Well, I know I was already exposed to mold in, in an old house for a period of time. And that had an effect on my immune system. Oh. And so when I actually was trying to figure out whether or not I had Lyme disease, I was researching mold. And believe it or not, they have a lot of common symptoms. Hmm. So it was it was through an article reading about mold that I actually seen something on Lyme disease. And right away I went, oh my gosh, I got Lyme disease. Oh. You know, because I was I had a negative test. I, I actually went to the hospital and to a clinic and I came back negative. For Lyme disease. Correct. And it was through more research that I found out that there's certain laboratories that really go deeper into testing for Lyme. They do more panels that they, they you know, search for. So I had the test done, paid out of pocket, and I came back positive. Wow. Oh so it's just as an aside, in personal care, you always should be your own best advocate, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, Definitely. And, and right now, you know, the most important thing is awareness just to begin with. And today, that's one thing I want to promote here to anybody who's camping out there, uh, RVers. When you get into these wooded areas, you've, you've really got to be aware and remember that as much as it's warm up and, you know, we want to be in a comfort zone, we've got to protect our bodies and cover skin and things like that if we're going to be walking around where ticks live. So by cover skin, do you mean wear long sleeves and long pants? And Yes, yeah, I really do. I mean, it, it seems insignificant until you contract Lyme disease and realize how big of an impact it can have on, on your health and your life. So, I mean, if it means being hot or uncomfortable to go out into some of these areas, it's it's really important to protect the skin. I mean, you can use bug spray. You know, there's certain things out there that are more natural that are okay to put on the skin. But my recommendation is to 
wear long pants, tuck your socks in, long sleeves, if you're going to be an explorer out there in their territory. Okay. That's good advice. I was looking at what the CDC recommends, and it's essentially that, is wear long pants, tuck your pant legs into your socks so that your skin is not exposed, long sleeves are recommended, and certain insect repellents or bug sprays as well. Hmm. Correct. And, and I always like to put a hat on too. The ticks can fall out of trees. They're not just hanging on to the tall grass, but they can sense the warm-blooded creature coming towards them. They'll actually reach out. They're like ready to grab onto you. You know, so they, they like to feed off of mice and deer. And that's a lot of times where the infections start from. They'll oh. be feeding off of an infected deer or some type of rodent. And then transfer it. And so I was reading about ticks and someone had asked if they jump. And apparently they don't really jump. But like you said, they reach out. And if you brush against them, they can just grab on or fall out of a tree or something. Right. And, and they, they stick to you. They have a, they, they're they kind of hard to pull off. I mean, even if they don't necessarily get their head into your skin, they will be kind of stuck to your skin and you got to pull them off. Oh, okay. Huh. And I wonder, as somebody who has a beard, I wonder what the incidence of people with beards having ticks in them is. Now I'm, I've got a little bit of the heebie-jeebies <laughs> about that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, right? Because you just don't think about it. They, they go for these places on the body, like the hairline or the armpits or the groin area. They like to go for that dark place where they can kind of hide. And believe it or not, just the other day, I had a tick in my house. It, oh, it, it made its way in. Yeah, it made its way on my clothing. I was outside and it was the next day that I found it on my clothes. It was like the next morning. I thought, oh my gosh, like, you don't know. You got to check your clothes. So now every day, personally, I come in and I look at my clothes and then I actually check my entire body. And at times, if I'm out, you know, further into the property, I'll come back in and take a shower. And one of the things I also read was to run your clothes through the dryer for 10 minutes because they can't survive that. But for RVers, that's not always something right. available yeah. to us. We don't, many of us don't carry a clothes dryer <laughs> with us. Correct, correct. So, I mean, even shaking off your clothes, things like that, you know, having, if you've got someone with you, they can always kind of do a body check for you and look around. And that's where the light colored clothes comes in. And I think if people kind of just went with that, even you'd have a better chance of spotting one that's crawling, you may have brushed against or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, that could bring up a whole bunch of fun, but that's a whole nother podcast yeah. for another day. <laughs> that's a Brad Paisley song. That's a Brad Paisley song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one thing that I do want people to know who may have already, you know, been infected is that there is hope. There was a time for me where I felt like, you know, it's very debilitating and I felt like that I may not recover. And it's really changed my life in a way where now I just want to promote and reach out to other people and help them to not only be aware, but it seems like it's they, they, the CDC says there's 35,000 cases a year, but now they're saying that there's more. So it can be upwards of the likes of people who don't even know 
are finding out from last year or this year. So it could be half a million people a year are contracting. Wow. And like you said, there's different levels. So somebody might have it and have it so mildly, they just think they had a little flu and then it's gone and then they're fine, right? Right. We had talked to somebody who had traveled to somewhere they've been many, many times in the past. And this year was the first time they actually found ticks at that location. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like they're, they're, they're growing and spreading. And I was just reading something here recently that said how they, a lot of times hunters will go get a deer that has a bunch of deer ticks on it. And then they will throw that deer on the back of their truck or on a hunting rack and actually move the deer and they'll fall off while they're traveling. So they've seen an increase in these areas where hunters were even down the highways that they traveled they started to see an increase in Lyme disease. Interesting. And so then as part of your seeking out ways to get back to normal, that's how you came across the arsana. Correct. Yeah. Believe it or not, something as simple as sweating and raising your body's core temperature can really help to promote healing within the body. And I was told as I was going through, you know, research and learning, I was given a a tough choice. And that was, I kind of came across the realization that I had Lyme disease a little too late. Once it's past a two week mark to 30 days, that's where it becomes chronic. So one of the things that's so important, not only being aware to prevent it and try not to get bit, but if you had been, it's knowing that you need to get, seek help right away. So getting antibiotics does help, but it has to be done within the first, like basically two weeks of being bit to the first month. Okay. And then you got to stay on them. Typically what people will be given is about a two week prescription, but it's more like people say you got to be on at least 30 days, if not two months, if you wow. can get your doc- doxycycline is really what people go after. Now that's a long time. It is. And the healing of Lyme disease, like I say, when it becomes chronic, it takes people anywhere from a year to two years or even longer to get better. Right. And that was kind of my healing journey. And and when I had come across the far infrared sauna, I had been told by somebody I met in the beginning at a health food store, you need to get one of these. And I kind of brushed it off and an entire, almost a whole year went by. And I I seen a doctor who had one in his office and I was able to use it that one time and it just felt so good. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need this. And even though I had been told about it, I just didn't think about it much. So I started researching and I came across this particular sauna. It was the Relax Sauna. And I got a hold of the company and let them know how good I was feeling after using it. And the owner had let me know that his wife had Lyme disease also. And he said, you need to talk to her. So we were put in touch with each other. And that's kind of where the relationship began. And we started a sister company, our health products company. And now we promote the sauna as a tool for those who are, you know, living with chronic illness, including Lyme disease and other things. How are you doing now? I would like to say that I'm, I'm doing 95% better, you know, and that's, that's, that's a great number. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. For me, I went downhill pretty quick. In two months, not really realizing anything what was going on with me, I lost 40 pounds. 
Wow. So that was a big, huge sign. There was something wrong. And I was diagnosed with MS in the beginning, and my doctor just couldn't figure it out. A lot of doctors have a hard time diagnosing Lyme disease for the reason that they're just using, you know, these simple tests. Hmm. So, but yeah, I, I've improved greatly. And and I went through natural, I chose a natural path because I felt like it had been too late for me to get the antibiotics. So I didn't know whether or not they, you know, they would really have the impact they would have if I took them right away. So I, I went with a natural approach and, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people can treat this. And there's some, Wonderful doctors out there. Most of them are called, uh, well, Lyme literate doctors. And that's who people want to see. A lot of people get confused and think, I'll go see my family practitioner, but they're not really trained in this type of disease. Or people will go to an infectious disease doctor. And when you go that route, a lot of times they, they want to administer antibiotics and sometimes up to a year or more. Oh, boy. There's people who get on antibiotics long term and they get better in the process. They almost lose their life from the antibiotics, but they come out of it. And some people swear by that. Some doctors will do both. They'll use antibiotics and they'll use holistic treatment as well. Okay. Hmm. Now, I think a lot of people are thinking this is an RV show. How can I how can you be an (laughs) RV show and talk about a sauna? Well, I'm going to tell you that we spoke to Thomas before, and I have a sauna. We have a sauna, and we do call it an RV sauna because it's so portable that it is really easy to take along with you. And fortunately, I haven't had to use it for any serious problems, but I got to tell you that it I think I survived winter this year by sitting in the sauna. <laughs> Every time I got cold, I'd just go <laughs> and, yeah. and sit in the sauna. And that was in our sticks and bricks. We didn't have it in time for our, our winter travels. And then we, you know, our other winter travel was uh, in a truck camper. So <laughs> yeah, that was there was not enough room for it there. But I just have really enjoyed it a lot just for my own aches and pains and coldness it does really fold down compact and i would describe the material as you probably most liken it for people who haven't seen it to kind of oven mitt material right it's like a foil padded right i mean that, that's that's <laughs> yeah yeah no that's a good way to explain it yeah it's a flexible tent material that has real silver impregnated into the lining inside so it acts as a as like a reflective mirror and the idea here is not only just to heat up the area you're in but when you have a far infrared light frequency you're actually absorbing that light into the body and into the cells and this is where this is actual a medical grade sauna. The products that we share, the FDA approved medical therapy lamp, the far infrared it's coming out of, that is the same medical grade technology in the sauna. So we have multiple products and they are recognized in the medical community uh, as a medical equipment that people can use to improve their health. So it's the far infrared that makes it the medical. It is, correct. In the spectrum of the far infrared light does matter. Far infrared is becoming more popular right now in communities. You're seeing more of these gyms opening up and your health clubs are starting to switch to far infrared technology rather than just steam or traditional dry saunas. Okay. I've seen other similar looking products 
but not that utilize that far infrared light. So it's a, it's a different, it's not just a heater. Basically. Correct. And that's the difference. And a lot of people will say to my say, you know, I'm already sweating outside. It's hot out. I don't need to sit in there and sweat. What the difference is, is when you take the far infrared spectrum and you get the right frequency that resonates with the body and the water molecules in the body, this is where the magic starts to happen because it's about pulsating the water molecules. That's where we're able to pull toxins out that, that are basically trapped in our tissues, organs, and muscles that stay there for years. So over time, people become ill because they're toxic. And, and a lot of the things that we face, not just disease and and chronic illness and viruses, but toxic environment that we're in now. I mean, we live in a toxic world and we're exposed to a lot of different chemicals and things like that, that we breathe in that can stick with us for a period of time. Right. So it's a great way to improve your health. Hmm. And for the audience, what do these cost and where could they buy one? And it will fit in your baggage compartment. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the portability in itself, just being able to have something like this on the go for those who either live in their RV or like to camp throughout the summer, it's a great way to relieve stress. And, and you know, we're, we're talking here on stressless camping. Yeah. So the, the whole idea here is being stress-free and you're on the road. And, you know, we all know after driving a long period of time that that has an effect on us. And I like to tell people, bring it out for five minutes, 10 minutes, and you really won't sweat until after that period of time. But having one of these saunas, it's a game changer. It's like having a spa, you know, wherever you go. As far as the price goes, it's very affordable. Typically, far infrared saunas can cost anywhere from $3,500 to $8,000 for a unit that you would put in a cedar unit you'd have in your home or your office. Mm -hmm. But this particular unit runs $1,500. And here on the show, we're giving a $150 discount to those who are interested. In, Great. Uh, yeah, 30-day money-back guarantee as well. Awesome. And so we always remind people and... We will, again, we will have a discount code and we will put links to that, of course, and to uh, Tom's other sites on our show notes. Absolutely. We've really enjoyed the sauna and we're also very happy that you have come back so completely from yes. having Lyme disease. My gosh. Thank you so much, Tony and Peggy. It really means a lot because, you know, I feel like in my own experience, I could have easily just gone on and said, okay, I'm better. But there was something inside of me that said, there's so many people out there that are going to suffer through this and be looking for answers. And it's changed my life. It's given me this passion to help others and really help them find that recovery and get back to health. Because there's a point there where you really question it. You wonder, am I ever going to get better? Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be incredibly miserable. And so the best thing of all is to just avoid the ticks. Or right. not avoid, but just be cautious. Be aware. And, aware yeah. and, and check when you've been out in areas. I, we've pretty much only been in kind of grassy areas. But even then, we check our shoes and our feet and our ankles before we yeah. go inside. Right. Yeah, but I'm kind of almost tempted to shave my beard off just, but I won't, but, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a game changer. People would be like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I would just say, you know, that's where, you know, a lot of times people even can't get to showers when they're camping. You know, you go right. sometimes for days. So, you know, I guess doing a shake off, shaking your hair, I'll run my fingers through my hair and kind of, you know, make sure behind your ears, just really check your body if you're alone. And if you've got someone, have them look at your back. I'll use a mirror to kind of even look at my back. You can call it paranoid, but, you know, after (laughs) having it, you can contract it again. You don't want that in the first place and especially not again. Right. Yeah. And that's a kind of paranoid that is legitimate and it doesn't make you look crazy in public or whatever right right <laughs> you're not going around saying they're they're after me <laughs> right right well as somebody who has been in a pretty severe car accident i still put on my seat belts right mm-hmm. i don't i, I know right. it can happen again so i don't think it's paranoia i think it's just cautious practices yeah Yes, yes, definitely. And and the sad part is, you know, there's not enough education on this. And people just, you know, until it happens, you don't realize it, you don't know it until you got it, one of those things. And if you don't hear about it, and you know, right now, it's like, this is probably one of the biggest times right now we're going into june that's when i got bit it was in june Hmm. and it wasn't until it was later on that i actually had the proper diagnosis it had been months so yeah awareness is is key and again you know i think that people who are camping and rving are going to be have a lot more exposure to the possibility of running into ticks than people who are are not out sure. in nature. Yep. So this is a this is a really important thing to to be here today and to share this with all the listeners and I'm grateful for this opportunity and I hope that people remember that next time they're out you know, just to double check your kids and, and check your check your family and maybe even campers around you. Just share the word with other people. Yeah. And pets, because pets, you can't oh. you can't remind them to stay out of the bushes. And they're always they've got they're covered in hair unless you're going to shave their whole body when you shave Tony's beard. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Right? <laughs> Everybody's getting a shave today after oh, this call. <laughs> One thing I didn't bring up, and that's another thing is, you know, people with pets, you know, they can bring them back to you and it might be on your pet for a minute and you might not see it. And then that wants to climb onto you next. So checking your pets is also very important. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's an important thing. I mean, we, you know, we're out here having a good time. We don't want to spoil it with something like that. So we appreciate your your tips and your ideas and the help you are to people. Right. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It's it's making a difference, I believe. And I'm grateful for what you guys are doing here and reaching out to people through your podcast and helping to spread this awareness. It's going to make a difference. Yes. We hope so. That's our goal. Well, Tom, thank you. Yes. As always, it's a, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. We'll put links to your website and how people can find you and our review of the Arsana. Right. We really enjoyed it. Or we are yes, enjoying thank it, you. I should say. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're not done. Wonderful. Yeah. It's, you know, that's the thing. It's something that's, that really lasts a lifetime. It's a small investment and, and it covers so many different areas of our health and it, and people are learning more and more about this type of technology. So it's risk-free to, to try our products. And, you know, we really do want uh, people to see what it feels like. So that's why we offer that to, you know, try it out. 
the interesting thing is that it's portable enough to bring in even, you know, a small RV. I mean, right. that's the right. also game-changing about it. Yeah. Very true. And Tony, we didn't mention that we have a lay-down model as well. So for those you know, who just have, let's say, a bed in the RV, whether it's an upper bunk, you can lay this on any bunk. The weight of, of the sauna in a bag is 18 pounds for the laydown model, I think 36 for the sit-up. Really easy to, to move around. And, and the other thing, too, is let's say you're outside and you do want to enjoy, you know, a nice stargazing evening. You could do that. This plugs in with electricity, a one-ton outlet. I don't think we mentioned that. So it's it's all electric. Um, right. We're working on providing some type of external form of power. So anybody who does have, and we mentioned this before, Tony, if you have a, a generator, you know, a solar generator or a gas power generator, you can use this thing outside lakeside. You know, there's just so many ways to enjoy this and to relieve stress and just enjoy the benefits of yeah. what I saw. I can well. personally attest to the fact that you can plug this into a Jackery. We have a Jackery 1500 and it works <laughs> and it's completely silent. That's one of the nice things about what they call a solar generator, which is just a battery and a plug, but is that's, you know, you don't hear the sound of a, an engine running and there you are right. <laughs> sitting under the stars. Yeah, Tony has tested pretty much every electric thing in our house on that Jackery. <laughs> well, why oh, not? I got to see what works and what doesn't. And so far, I've been pretty impressed. Absolutely. I mean, that, that again, I mean, anything that's portable is just so beneficial to people who are traveling. So, yeah, it's just one more portable product that I think goes side by side with the Jackery. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's amazing what all you can bring with you nowadays, thanks to advancements in portable power. Yes. I, it yeah. just, the technology is so freeing. It really is. I, I think ultimately the idea is to be out there enjoying yourself, you know, and, and having relaxation. You know, people are looking to get away. You know, when it's camping time, a lot of people don't have that everyday lifestyle. And it might just be an escape from work or, you know, that's your free time. So, yeah, I always like to think what better way to, you know, be stressless. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Oh, it's a pleasure speaking with you again. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on and sharing these great tips and, yes. and the discount to our audience. You know, anything we can do to keep spreading that awareness right now this year, I think there's nothing more important than that. Right. Absolutely. Spread the word. Uh, yes. Stay, stay safe, campers and RVers. Stay safe out there and remember to do body checks. Yeah. Well, Tom, thanks again. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. One of these days, we will actually hook up. We, yes, Tom, we will. Tom Definitely. and Definitely. us have, have almost met up in certain <laughs> different places and yes. never quite made it work. But one of these days, we will be in the same place at the same time. That's the goal. <laughs> you betcha. You bet. You got it. All right. Until then, the very best to you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You as well. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Take care. Take care. Okay. You too. Tom talks a lot about his personal recovery and such. A couple of places I'd like to point you. There is an article on ticks over at RV Travel. It's called The Three Types of Ticks, and that's a pretty informative article. Also, there's advice on ticks over at RV Travel. And, of course, the CDC has advice and information about 
Lyme disease. That's the Center for Disease Control. Right, and they also have information about ticks. And so the Lyme disease and tick information, we will make links to those also. You know, as always, our show notes, this is episode 154, and our show notes are at stresslesscamping.com slash podcast slash 0154. Another thing we talked about is being able to run things off the grid with a portable power station. Yeah, we've talked about being able to stay out longer with reliable lithium batteries from Lion Energy, but you know, they also have other products we like as well. Lion Energy's reliable lithium power also comes packed in a portable package with their Safari line. The Safari is a portable power station that you can recharge with solar or shore power that enables you to bring the power wherever you go. With traditional household outlets, USB outlets, and power ports, you can have power wherever you are in a portable, powerful package. Pa! Then just recharge with solar or shore power and keep going. Of course, we have a discount for you on our discounts and deals page, and you can learn more about why lithium is the the way way to go. go. Speaking of places to go, (laughs) boy, did we go somewhere I have wanted to go for a very long time. Yes, Camp Dearborn. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but... (laughs) We didn't know where we would camp when we went there, but we ended up camping at Camp Dearborn because it was very convenient to... The Henry Ford, which is, as a friend of mine says... The second best museum in the entire country, second only to the Smithsonian. Now, that is Jim's position, and I don't really fault that because, oh my gosh, this thing (laughs) was cool. The Henry Ford is divided into two major segments. There is the Henry Ford, which is a proper museum in a big, big building. And then there is Greenfield Village, which is a big, open village town, really. Yeah. That includes, among other things, Thomas Edison's workshop, the Wright Brothers' bicycle shop, Webster's house from Webster's Dictionary, Henry Ford's childhood home. Isn't it amazing that all those people grew up in the same place in Michigan? (laughs) Yeah, it truly is. (laughs) Of course, Henry Ford had these buildings brought into the Greenfield Village so that it would make a museum village for people to enjoy. And that happened in 1929. But someone else had mentioned when they were a kid and they went there, they just were amazed that all those people came from the same place. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really exceptionally well done. I really like the museum. There are, of course, lots and lots of cars. Well, yes. And all sorts of cars, even non-Ford products. There are. That kind of surprised me a little. Yeah, Sock Corvair. But there's also trains, big industrial steam engines. Airplanes. Yeah, airplanes, furniture. Gosh, just all kinds of exhibits in the museum. But Greenfield Village has, as we mentioned, Orville and Wilbur Wright's bicycle shop. Right. There are docents in there who are dressed period correct. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. They really are good at answering questions and explaining things. It's just a first-rate experience, but we also saw that they have a steam train that runs around the property, mm-hmm. and... And you can take a ride either <gasps> in the Model T's or on the steam engine, or there's a carousel. 
Yeah. So there's some things you can do to get off your feet for a few minutes, but we got to go for a ride in Model T's and that was super fun. It took us all around the village and our driver, Jerry, was so awesome. <laughs> he was just, he really was. Uh, you know, I don't know if they normally have like a, some kind of a script and they're supposed to talk about the village, but Tony and Jerry talked about Model T's and how they drive and he would stop and he would show Tony how the gears worked. It was really, really cool. Yeah, a Model T is very, very different from a modern car. If you ever have a chance to ride in one or even better, if you have a chance to go to the Henry Ford, don't miss that opportunity. Yeah, it, it was really, really a great, you know, I thought, oh boy, another car museum. Yay. But <laughs> I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's exceptionally well done. I thought, oh, another car museum. Woohoo! <laughs> and uh, I was right. And Peggy was right. And just super place. I will also put a link in the past. I think I've mentioned I used to do a classic car podcast. Right. And my host and I, Jim Cherry, who is an incredible illustrator and also author, he and I got to talk to the curator of the Henry Ford. That's so right. I'll put a link to that episode too, if you want to know more about it. Just a really wonderful experience. And Camp Dearborn too was, you know, they, they talk so much about overcrowding, and I probably shouldn't say this, but there was almost nobody yeah. there. I mean, literally almost had the campground to ourselves, and it was a huge campground. really was true. It was right after Memorial Weekend, so it was during the week, but, you know, it was after the start of camping season, so... And also, by the way, one of the highlights and features of our visit to Camp Dearborn was our friend Adam coming to visit us Oh yeah, <laughs> Adam Douglas came by. Adam is just extremely giving of his time and knowledge in the Rockwood Mini Light Facebook group. Yes. Well, it's Rockwood Mini Light slash Flagstaff Microlight <laughs> Facebook fan club. He just spends a lot of time learning and sharing. This is our first chance to meet in person, even though we've worked together a lot digitally. You know, I know everyone complains about social media, and of course it has its downside. But one of the things, you can keep up with people and even meet friends and people, and it's truly wonderful. And so, Adam, was super great meeting you in person. What a neat guy. Yeah, and the flowers you brought me are still very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so we have told you a lot about our new travel trailer, and I think Tony might have mentioned that one of the days we went and got a new weight distribution hitch. Tony, you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, I'd love to. It's from Camco, and it's an EaseLift TR3 600 weight distribution hitch. We have had a weight distribution hitch in the past, yep. and that thing was noisy and difficult to use in that the weight distribution bars basically were also the source of the sway control on this. And so you had to pull them up into a latching mechanism. From below, and they're kind of heavy, and you had to get them just in the right angle to get them up into the hole that they belonged in and then get them to snap in. And it wasn't always easy. No, especially as time goes by, things get a little dirtier and, yeah. and connections get a little less easy to do. Well, anyway, this ease lift, it's really easy to put the weight distribution bars in. Yeah. They just slot right in. There are clips for 
holding the bar and clips for keeping the latch closed that is on the other end of the bar mm -hmm. and everything is tethered. The whole hitch from front to back is exceptionally well designed in my opinion. Of course, there are different weight categories you can get these hitches in. We had the good fortune of talking with the folks at Camco who did provide the hitch for us and they recommended for our Ram 1500 and the Rockwood Mini Light 2205S this particular model and it installed easily. I didn't do it. We had Wana RV, who have been really great to work with. They Wana, really have. Yeah, their techs put the hitch on. And the things that surprise me about the hitch include how easy it is to put the bars and how quiet the hitch is. Yes. This hitch works very differently than our old one. The old one, the weight distribution bars were also the source of friction for sway control. This one, the source of friction is the head, which pivots, and there's sort of a clutch on there that uses brake shoe material to adjust the level of sway, and it's actually an adjustable sway control as well, which I think is neat. I'm just really quite impressed with this Camco EaseLift TR3 hitch. It's a new product, and I also made a video, which we will link to, and I can't say enough about it. I'm just very, very pleased with the performance, the ease of use, the way everything is built. It's two thumbs up. And I'm going to recommend the video because it's not a lot of us necessarily. Tony put the camera <laughs> on the back window of the camper shell and also on the bumper of the truck. And so there's a lot of video of the hitch actually in use as we rode down the road. Now, yeah. only in the campgrounds. So... We didn't take it on the highway, although he has done that with the camera before. But anyway, it is a cool video on a really cool product. Yeah, we're super happy. I believe this is the time I say, you've got mail? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, we did. And this is another one in response to the RV review that I do every day at rvtravel.com. This was from, I feel so bad for this poor reader. What they said is, I ordered a new Class A motorhome in July of 2021. Delivery was delayed several times, which, as you know, is not a big surprise nowadays. Right. Each delay was accompanied by a price increase. Ouch. When it was delivered in January 2022, it had so many visible defects, it required me to conduct a six-hour inspection. It was filthy inside and out. The painting was poor quality and required what the dealership estimated to be 80 hours of repair. Wow. Interior cabinets and woodwork had dozens of defects requiring multiple replacement parts. The shower leaked. The generator rattled. Medicine cabinet door and mirror were broken. Glass stovetop was chipped. Missing remotes for the TVs. Missing shelf in the refrigerator. Lower quality mirrors substituted for original equipment at the factory due to supply chain issues. The mattress was dirty, there were ink stains on the leather seats, and torn leather on the door. The list goes on. I refused to pay for the vehicle until all the repairs are completed and left the vehicle at the dealership. The dealership sent Thor a list of defects. Thor demanded a detailed documentation and multiple photos of every defect, which, by the way, as a former warranty dude, that's how they work. 
they'd made no progress for two months, and after a dozen emails and weekly phone calls to the dealership, I finally went to Thor directly to break the impasse with an hour-long conference call with Thor representatives and the dealer's service department. Repairs finally began last week and will continue for several more weeks. Only a third of the replacement parts have been received. The only leverage I had was to refuse to accept the vehicle until all the warranty repairs were approved and completed. I still don't know if that'll happen. I owned one prior RV for 20 years that I purchased new. There was never a single warranty issue. The quality of manufacturing and pride of workmanship today does not favorably compare with those manufactured in the past. Yikes. Yeah, that's, I mean, so many things that we've talked about. Shop your dealer first is one of the things that I always For recommend. Sure, yeah. And there are absolute differences in quality from some products to the others in the RV space. So it's, oh boy, I hate reading those kind of letters because I feel bad. Right. I mean, I don't know if they're even going to get a camp this year. And I'm sure that motorhome was not inexpensive. Right. Uh, best of luck to you. And thanks for writing. By the way, if you want to write, you can do so right on our website. There's a contact us form on every page. That's stresslesscamping.com. We'd love to hear from you. We would. That's why I ask a question every week. Yes, she does. <laughs> Last week, Peggy divulged that she likes to do laundry on the road. Yeah, I'm not sure how, I don't know if I knew what kind of feedback or throwback or whatever I would get out of that. <laughs> man, oh man. Jeezel Pete. Jeezel Pete. I just meant to tell him that it wasn't really that horrible for me. He didn't have to feel that sorry for me when I go to the laundromat <laughs> and do the laundry for us. But boy, oh boy, it's turned into quite a something for him <laughs> so last week we talked about that i liked that you know i i don't mind laundry day i like to do it and so we asked what your best laundry on the road tip might be so if you're going on a you know maybe 10 to 14 day trip julie says just take a whole lot of clothes <laughs> <laughs> well that works right and chris said that too and so that would be fine if we were on a 10 to 14 day trip instead of a 10 to 14 week trip we i don't, don't have know that how many long clothes this we don't be. know how long this trip will be and i don't know if i have enough clothes to last that long sandy says she brings a little tent and keeps their packed clean and dirty clothes in a tent which also is a good, you know, short-term solution. I do like it, and I will use that when we're out just for short amounts of time. Tracy had an idea that really intrigued me, and she said, we find a good rating fluff and fold. Drop it off, pick it up, all done. Highly recommend it. <laughs> I have always wondered about that and always assumed that I didn't want to spend that kind of money. But who knows, maybe someday we'll try Tracy's idea and do fluff and fold. Alan reminded us to be sure to save our quarters all year, which I did make that mistake last time. And we had to find a laundromat that actually had a change machine because the first place we went didn't have one. I don't know that all campgrounds have change machines. I think that probably all public laundromats do, but I don't know if I would trust all of the laundry rooms at campgrounds to have them. Wendy recommended and said that her clothes are mostly quick dry clothes, which is a really great idea. It's also more comfortable and you can wear them in the summer and you can 
layer them in the winter time so that's good and she also washes and rinses her clothes in buckets that she keeps outside the van or she has a scrubber which is a bag of washing machine, a washing machine bag, I guess. You put some, probably some soap and some water in it, and then you swish it around and, you know, but it's a bag. It's not like a solid machine. What I recognize is that we wear too much denim to use that kind of solution, but it is a great idea. Jack also mentioned that you can find laundry machines at most truck stops. And Michael pointed out that detergent pods don't take up as much room as bottles of soap. Francine, like me, just plans every 7, 10, 14, whatever days it is. We know that we've got to be somewhere that we can take a day and find a laundromat. And Shannon just came in to say that she can't wait for the day when she can be out long enough to need to do laundry on the road. <laughs> also, don't forget, in the past we had talked about our portable washing machine, which we didn't have the space to bring with us this time. That's right, we didn't. But it would have been a, not a bad thing to have had with us. Yeah, so that's kind of a solution between going to a public or a laundromat washing machine and the scrubba, because I think the scrubba is probably good for a few pieces of clothing. The portable washing machine, I think Tony can do about five of his shirts at a time. Then, of course, if you have a lot of stuff built up because you've been out for 14 days, then you might just want to, you don't probably want to do all that in really small batches. That's for sure. And what is this week's question of the week? This week, we've been rocking and rolling a little bit and wondering, do you use X-Chocks? And if you do, how do they work for you? This is our first few weeks with a two-axle trailer, so we never had to wonder about X-Chocks before, and now we are wondering. Absolutely. Although, I have to say, those Moride stabilization brackets mm -hmm. for lack of a better description have yeah. been pretty darn good and we're also learning a few other details about how to stabilize this trailer but yeah x chocks we we want to know do you have them do you love them do you have any tips please let us know on the fun and friendly stressless camping podcast facebook group wow <laughs> hey also did you know we do a once a week newsletter and it's completely absolutely totally and positively free free we have links to stories videos and podcasts that will help you get the most of your rv experience yeah just visit our website where you can sign up and of course we never share your information with anybody else we send one email a week and that's it by the way, just a little foreshadowing here. Uh-oh. Members of our email list are going to be eligible for some pretty cool prize drawings that we have coming up. So oh. yeah, 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 you'll you'll find out. Just sign up for the weekly emails. And also, don't forget our discounts and deals for the best deals on the things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal for our audience, please contact us and let us know. Absolutely. Of course, we are in all the social places, but you can start at stresslesscamping.com. From there, you can jump off to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. And you'll also find the show notes for this episode, episode 154, at stresslesscamping.com as well. And if you don't want to miss out on a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast... It's free! It's free to subscribe on any podcast app. <laughs> we're and, saving... Oh, yeah, go ahead. And we're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Absolutely. 
And please, again, remember, a review will help others find this podcast. And more listeners means we can continue to get the best guests for you. Yeah, and great deals, too. (laughs) Yeah, and great deals. So please, if you haven't had a chance, please, we appreciate all the reviews that people have written. And we appreciate yours in advance. Yes, and most of all, happy Happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stress-less camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! TechConnect is truly it.